0: This meeting is being recorded, and
1: we welcome you to Inside the Lines, a high school sports podcast. I'm Jim Powers here from the High School Sports Caravan, and you know we've got a lot of great people that join us on the podcast, a lot of great coaches, a lot of great media members. It's finally time to get one of my very very good friends, and I know him not only personally but also he's my doctor. You know, and Doctor Rick Lehman uh, is just unbelievable, and you know doc it's great to have you on the podcast finally i mean holy smokes it's been a year we've been doing this and we finally get you on but there's just so many things going on it finally brings you a time to join us here on the podcast
0: well first of all i want to thank you and uh you know i followed you for years and we've been buddies for years so you've done a great job and and, and a real asset to high school sport so again thanks for having me on
1: No problem. So, you know, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on was, you know, everybody saw what happened last week with with uh, with Devlin Hamlin. Um, You know, it's one of those weird things that just happened. It was a hit and everything kind of went haywire. Kind of talk a little bit about what you saw when you initially saw that and kind of walk us through kind of everything that took place from that point to where we're at right now to where. He was actually released from the hospital with a clean bill of health,
0: basically, yesterday. Yeah, so, you know, this it's odd, and we don't see it play out in a national venue like that very frequently, but it's not unheard of. Jay Bowmeister for the Blues had an incident not dissimilar to this. Uh, Chris Pronger, got hit in the chest, had a similar incident to this. And if you're a sports guy like myself, this is something you see. Not common, but, but not uncommon either. And we'll, we'll talk about how this impacts parents in a minute. But I think watching it, and I actually saw it live, you saw the hit, you knew he didn't have, you knew he didn't break his neck because he stood up, and then he just basically fell down. And kudos to the medical community, Buffalo Bills trainers, et cetera, assistant trainers, because they, they really did a great job. And basically, he had no pulse. He was, quote unquote, dead. And they initially started CPR. Then they shocked him, defibrillated him, got his pulse back, which was huge. And then uh, basically transported him to the hospital. He had great care. And as you said, was dismissed from the hospital. He'll have a huge workup. And I was asked this question on ESPN. And the answer is, yeah, maybe he can play. So what's the impact? The impact number one is football is a tough sport. And for every parent out there, you have to know that tear your ACL, dislocate your shoulder, and God forbid, have some cardiovascular incident. There was an incident not dissimilar two days ago in Old Dominion. It was a basketball player. He was a sophomore. Same sort of thing. He didn't die, but had an episode, had a cardiovascular episode. And it can happen to your son or daughter, lacrosse, soccer, etc. cetera, not just men. And they are rare instances, but they're scary, and a certain percentage are going to die. 58% of the people are going to live. of the people are going to die if they have a cardiovascular incident. So, I guess to answer your question, I think everything was done right. That's not always going to happen. This is the NFL, but this is not an incident that is so much of an outlier that you're never going to see it. So, again, parents out there, this is in the realm of something that could happen.
1: You you know, and, you know, being a former coach as I am and now in the media, you know, I've seen this, I I've actually seen a shot straight to the chest to where it, it shocks the system to where that same exact thing happened. It, it wasn't so much, you know, that, that you fell cardio, you know, cardio episode, but I've seen it. I've seen hits and, and you mentioned Chris Pronger, you, you know, I mean, it was the same identical thing. And, you know, Chris was on ESPN and, You know, so many national things talking about this same exact thing, Uh, you know, and and that just raises the awareness and the importance of what athletic trainers do, having AEDs available at venues, not only just professionally, not only just high school, but at Little League parks at, you know, the the, the summer facilities, because you never know when something like this is going to happen.
0: Well, you know, I think that's a good point. And I think having a defibrillator, an AED, available saves a lot of lives. Because as you said, you know, it's one thing in an NFL football game, there's lots of trainers, there's two ambulances always there. There's probably six or seven team physicians. And being a team physician in the NHL for almost 30 years, yeah, I've seen some terrible things, guys cut with skates, etc. But there's a lot of help. Now, let's dial it down to uh, – a little league baseball game and there's a coach there's no doctor and no aed and some 11 year old absolutely could die from what you're talking about commodio cortis where the heart basically stops because it had an impact so i agree with you i think it should be absolutely standard mandatory that there's a defibrillator and it needs to be very close to the field so it's accessible. And maybe most importantly, someone needs to know how to use it, right? The coach or someone, it's no good sitting there if no one knows how to use it. So I think you're 100% spot on. You know, and coming off
1: of that, I think it's raising a lot of awareness about a lot of different things. Um, you know, we just mentioned AEDs, you know, known CPR, just basic CPR, Um you know, but what are some of the other things that you're seeing in your office um, with the high school students? You know, when it comes to you know injuries, we're starting to head into the crossover season. Once again, we came out of it with football going into basketball, football going into wrestling. Now we're looking at basketball and wrestling going into track and field and baseball and all those great sports. What are some of the things that you're seeing at your office? when it comes to injuries and prevention and different things along those lines?
0: Well, you know, it's a good question. I think coming out of football is always a scary time for me. And the reason is, and I think this is so underplayed, You know, we talk about CTE, uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, concussions, however, whatever you want to call it. I mean, call it whatever you want to call it. And I think it's so underplayed in high school. And I think we see such a high incidence of these concussions, we'll call them, chronic trauma to the brain. And, and you don't have to have a concussion. You know, you hit a tackling dummy 40 times in practice or 30 times in practice, that's not free. Your brain's not supposed to ram into things. So we're coming off of what I would consider to be probably the scariest time. We're seeing post-concussion syndromes, a lot of kids with headaches, kids that are dizzy, kids that are what are called photophobic, bright lights bother them. And so this... Again, for parent awareness is something you got to be prepared for if your son or daughter is going to play women's soccer, men's football, men's soccer, whatever. Now we're getting into more of the agility sports, right? We're getting into baseball. We're getting into track and field, indoor track. I'm um, leaving, I think, in a week with the United States track and field team, looking at their indoor season. So now it's a flexibility thing. So what ha- what do you have to do? You have to start a whole different program, stretching, hamstring strengthening, quad strengthening, mid core strengthening. So it's not just lifting weights and getting big, but it's working on agility and speed to prevent injury, number one. Number two, you have to be prepared for the change in seasons, right? We're going from kind of a cold environment to spring and then a summer environment. So, again, acclimation to the season. It's going to get hot, got to hydrate, got to think a lot more About staying out of the sun. It's summer, so those are the main things to look at. But again, if your son's or daughter's about to start basketball or continue to play basketball and are going to get into track and field, going to get into wrestling, you need to think about that six eight weeks before the season starts. Start your stretching program. You can call us. You can call Jim. You can go online, get a program, start the program, because that's how you're going to prevent injuries. Just walking in day one and saying, "All right, here we are." you know, let's start track practice, you can guarantee you're going to tear your hamstring. And and you just hit it right on the head. It's all about being
1: preventative. It's thinking ahead. And, you know, once again, I'll go back to my former coaching days back in Ohio. You know, that was the biggest thing was, you know, we didn't come out of the gate blazing. You know, we, we always started to work and slowly build up to getting, you know, into in season and different things along those lines. And I think, and I want to talk to the younger coaches and the youth coaches, they got to remember that as well. You know, you can't just come out with baseball and expect eight, nine, 10 year old kids to be able to throw, you know, 40, 50 miles per hour, right out of the gate. You got to build up to that so that they don't hurt their arm. They don't hurt their shoulder and different things along those lines.
0: No. And I think that's exactly right. And, And, you know, you don't, you don't think about it, but. A 10 year old, 11 year old, what are they going to do? They're going to start to throw. They don't really know that they need to warm up. They don't really know that they need to stretch a little bit or get a little preconditioned, have them run a couple uh, laps around the baseball diamond just to warm up, hitting off a tee, getting used to the rotation. So, all those things, as you said, you want to ease into it, but you want to do most of that if you can before you get to the ballpark, before that first practice starts, because the, the better prepared you are, the more flexible you are, the more stronger you are. And we'll talk about something here in a second. The, the, the less chance you have of getting hurt. When I started this 37 years ago, lifting weights for little kids was a no-no, right? You said, you know, you don't want to lift weights. You don't want to get hurt, growth plates, et cetera. All that's changed. So now, lightweight, high reps, and as someone 9, 10 years old, again, we're not, we don't want you to go to the gym and try to PR on your biggest lift. But again, light weightlifting, agility strength training, and a little resistance training for kids that we would call early adolescence are probably the most healthy thing you can do. And that's a complete change from what we used to do before. So again, take your kids to the gym, sons and daughters, you know, give them very lightweight, give them basic, good rules on how to lift. And maybe the reps should be 15, 18, 19 reps. So they can do it very comfortably with lightweight, but we're finding neuromuscularly this is the most efficient thing we can do. And again, it's going to help us prevent injuries. And
1: I think too, along those lines, there's such a big talk, especially in the high school level, you know, going into collegiate athletics. You know, I, I talk to coaches all the time. You talk to coaches as well. You know, they love the multi-sport athletes. They they love kids that. Can play football and run track, can play basketball, play baseball, different things along those lines. You know, but the biggest part of this is, you know these kids have to be conditioned and they have to do things the right way because when you make the jump, you know, and I'll use the example, basketball to baseball. You're using total different muscle actions to to do the two things. You know, basketball, you're shooting baseball you're throwing and it's two totally different motions and coaches and kids don't kind of understand that but the college coaches love seeing that
0: well you know i think you bring up a good point and i think that kid that specializing at eight years old that he's only a right-handed relief pitcher uh that just leads to injury so i think the idea of the multi-sport athlete as you said and if you think about all the kids that have come out, the Patrick Mahomes that was also a great baseball player and so-and-so, and he was an all-state track athlete, you, you, you can see that in the finished product, that a lot of these athletes were great athletes, not in their primary sport, right? So maybe they hooped, maybe they ran track, maybe they played baseball. So I think, again, to decrease injuries doing uh, less damage to the same muscle group using different muscle groups. You definitely want to try and play two, three different sports, especially when you're young and you have the ability to to play those sports at a high school level and even at a college level. But I think your chances of having injury are less. I think your coordination and your agility and speed improve by cross training. You know, just think how fast you're going to get if you run track. If you're a football player, of course, you're going to get faster. So, again, I think you hit that on the head.
1: Let's talk about the old people in the room, you know, myself, you know, you're, you, you know, you are my doctor and, you know, I unfortunately have been dealing with a calf issue for the last three and a half months, but you know, you, you treat a lot of adults too, you know, that are active and do a lot of different things, you know, talk a little bit about what they need to do when it comes to um you know, preventative and, and being safe and doing the right things and not being injured with a catfish like I have right now.
0: Well, you know, I think as we get older, we, we, we have to be a little bit more attentive to our bodies, right? We're we're not, we're, it's not, hey, we're just going to go out and play some softball Saturday night and, you know, let's get going. So I think as we get older, we have to have a combination of exercises. Number one, we need some cardio program. That could be riding a bike, that could be walking, it could be in a pool. It doesn't make it elliptical. that' not make any difference, but probably 20, 30 minutes, two, three days a week of a cardio program, and probably the most important thing, which, again, kind of new research, is everybody, um, as we get older, should be on some resistance program, and that could be lifting weights. That could be resistance bands. That could be home weight, body weight exercises, and really, they're all over the internet. We have a whole program that, that, that walks you through this, so... That combination is very important. And then the last component of this kind of trifecta is some type of neurological stretching program. And what, what happens to us as we get older? Our hips get tight, our back gets tight. You know, all of a sudden we know, notice we don't have the range of motion that we had in, in our hips. And so what we want to do is get on a stretching program. It's going to take you five or ten minutes, a couple times a week. We want to stretch your upper extremities, shoulders, elbows, and wrists. Very simple and your hips, lumbar spine. But I think the biggest thing that happens, and and one of the reasons you tear your calf is you don't have that mobility or flexibility. You put your calf or your lower leg in a compromised position and boom, you tear your gastroc or your Achilles. So I think these stretching programs, which again, don't take a lot of time. You don't need to stretch for three hours, but a good five or 10 minutes, a few times a week of a good biomechanical stretching program where you're stretching your core, you're working your core a little bit, combined with a little cardio, combined with a little resistance training or weightlifting. That's where we need to be. And we need to be consistent. You don't need to do it every day, but you got to do it every month. You, you know, and you mentioned my
1: in- injury with the gastroct in my calf. That's something that, that can happen to anybody. It's just not a an isolated incident or anything like that. And you know, you have given me some great advice and, and walked me through a lot of different things. But, you know, an injury like that, it, it's nothing out of the ordinary for somebody 55 years old like myself that that has that type of an injury.
0: Well, first of all, I think you, you said something that's really important. Certain injuries, like people who tear their Achilles. And I would say that the gastroc injury, you know, it's sort of the same muscle group. Uh, medial head of the gastroc, if you're a sports guy. Just like the common cold. So, we're going to see that calf injury over and over and over again. And you're 100% right. I mean, it's very common, number one. And it's obviously the weak link in the system people tearing their Achilles, people tearing their Gastroc. And then, as we get older and we lose flexibility in that muscle group, that incidence goes up. So, you're going to see a lot less frequently in people in their thirties, a lot more frequently in people in their fifties. That's just, just this math. So at this point, what can you do? Well, injuries are going to happen. That's why they're called injuries and accidents and you have to treat it. And what you hope you can do is strengthen and try to prevent a subsequent injury. But again, these things are going to happen to everybody. That's why guys like me are in business and, a lot of these things are not preventable. I mean, there's things, you know, if your back goes out, you could say, well, I shouldn't have lifted uh, this box or I shouldn't have done this or that, but I can't tell you how many people come in and say, Hey, I was brushing my teeth and my back went out. Well, your toothbrush doesn't weigh anything. So again, a lot of these things don't have to be an injury. They're just breakdown as we get a little older. No doubt about it. Well, doc, I know it's a busy
1: time as always for you, but I love catching up with you. And at least now we're catching up to where I'm not sitting in your office, getting you looking at a leg or an ankle or my foot or something like that. But you've always been a great friend and a great supporter of what we do at the high school sports caravan. And I know this isn't the first time we're going to get you on the podcast. We're going to
0: try and get you on a regular basis. That'd be great. I'm, uh, I love it. And, uh, you know, you're always welcome and anything I can do. But, no, I look forward to coming back.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Doc. Appreciate your time, my friend. Take care. Dr. Rick Lehman, he is the guy. He takes care of so many athletes here in the metro area. It's unbelievable. And we appreciate him taking a little bit of time today. We appreciate you for tuning in. For Doc Lehman, I'm Jim Powers. We want to thank you all for tuning in to Inside the Lions, the High School Sports Podcast, right here on the High School Sports Caravan. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently